Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. San Francisco County Sheriff's Office calling all cars, attention all cars to broadcast 286 regarding a missing person. Be on the lookout for Marion Williams, age 18 years, 5 feet 2 inches, weighs about 105 pounds. Was last seen at the Emanuel Church. That's all. Rose and Cliff. Why is this all-purpose quality of the new Rio Grande cracked gasoline so important? Well, which would be better? To saddle your automobile with half a dozen gas tanks, each one carrying a fuel stressing one purpose, or to have only one gas tank filled with a gasoline embodying a scientifically perfect blend of all ingredients essential to meeting every requirement. I understand. Other gasolines have some of these ingredients in varying proportions, but all-purpose Rio Grande cracked has twice as many as ordinary motor fuels, and they're so skillfully combined in the new Rio Grande crack that it's always ready to meet any type of emergency demand. Many thousands of our friends found out all they wanted to know about all-purpose Rio Grande cracked gasoline during the past week, and are in full agreement with drivers of police cars and fire engines in all parts of the state who made their private tests before our public announcement that this amazing new gasoline is the all-purpose motor fuel of the West. Drive into the red and white Rio Grande station in the morning and try it. One tankful of all-purpose Rio Grande cracks, and you'll find out why it is more than ever the most highly recommended gasoline sold in the West. The facts around which tonight's Calling All Cars program has been written were taken from the confidential files of the sheriff of San Francisco County. We have therefore asked Sheriff Daniel C. Murphy to open our program from the studios of KSFO. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The story we are to hear tonight is one that has long been famous in California. At the time of its solution, it attracted nationwide attention for the brilliant work which law enforcement officers did in bringing the criminal to justice. The methods of police officers have changed with the times, and more modern equipment makes the work of the law enforcement officer less difficult. But time cannot change the unalterable fact that no matter how cunningly a criminal conceals his crime, he cannot win. Sooner or later, he is brought to justice and impressed with the truth of the law that crime of any sort is a losing game. An early April twilight fell over the Mission Dolores section of San Francisco. 
the tall spire on the bell tower of the Emanuel Church cast a long black shadow that streaked sideways down the slanting roof and over the stained glass windows, ending abruptly in the square of yellow light that streamed from the library window. Inside, the good women of the church were preparing to decorate for the coming Easter day. Martha, have you seen the new minister yet this evening? I want to ask him about the lilies. No, my dear, I haven't. You, Mrs. Hilton? No, I haven't either. But if you ask me, I'm going to have my suspicions about that man. Why, what do you mean? You don't mean, Mrs. Hilton. Oh, well, I don't have very much to go on. But if you remember our last minister... You forbid, Mrs. Hilton. Don't even mention his name. You don't mean you think he has anything to do with Blackie's Don't misunderstand me, Mrs. I didn't say it exactly, but... Oh, uh, poor little Blanche Lamont. She was such a sweet little thing. Martha, why, you speak as though she was dead. It could be. No one's seen her since last Wednesday night. And you know Marion Williams is so upset about it. She and Blanche were such good friends, they were almost like sisters. Speaking of Marion Williams, did you know that she wasn't at Endeavor meeting last mm-hmm. night? Mm-hmm. Let's only talk about it anymore. All this disappearance and mystery frightens me half to death. I'm not any too well, you know. Yes, yes, we know. Oh, hey, girl, doesn't that organ music sound just beautiful? What he's playing now, darling. Have you ever heard him play that awful music of his? <laughs> yes, weird, isn't it? Why, well, he shouldn't be allowed to play such music on the church organ. You're absolutely right, Martha. Oh, Mrs. Kevin, uh, would you mind getting the flower baskets while we go on into the auditorium? Not at all, not at all. Wonder if it looks as awful as it did last year. Should get some new ones. Oh, where are they, Mrs. Lewis? Oh, they're in that closet right over there under the belfry stairs. At least that's where we left them last year. Well, I'll look and see. Oh! Answer only a maze of tangled facts and fancies. 
Finally, with no real evidence other than that sound of the murdered girl and the fact that she had been strangled by a left-handed person, Harvey and Andrews decided to wait until the next day to complete their search, feeling that important clues might be overlooked in the darkness. As the first rays of the morning sun touched the stained glass windows where the shadow of the church fire had fallen the evening before, Detectives Harvey and Andrews began a careful search of the church, while high above them the bells in the tower join in the pian of time to the risen face. Oh, there you are. And who are you? We're detectives. Who are you? I'm the section of this church. Uh, you're all through ringing those bells? Ringing those bells, indeed. I'll have you to know I was playing the Easter morning chime. No, I beg your pardon. I meant if you were finished, we wanted you to help us search the building. Well, why didn't you say so, then? You want to start at this floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do these stairs go? Up to the gallery. There's more up there going up to the bell tower. Well, that's about the only place left. So come on. Yeah. The doors of the bell tower is right over there. Yeah. Hey, look there. The handle's broken off. Uh, Andrew, see if you can get it open. All right, Harvey. Can't seem to do anything with it. Locked. You got a key to this door section? No, my key only fits the front door. Then why do you keep the... Uh, Church doors locked? Well, of course we do. Uh, thief's no respecter of a holy edifice. Well, who has the keys to the church besides well, you? Mr. Horsey, the organist, has one. Mr. Durant has one to the side door, and our pastor has a complete set. Do you ever use the side door? Never. I have to lock up when I leave, and I always use the front door. Who has a key to the door? I don't know. Say, Harvey, all this talk isn't getting this door open. Well, I hate to do this, especially in the church, but I guess there's nothing else to do but break it down. All right, Andrews. There we go. One, two, three. All right, once more. Now watch your step. Here's a kind of steep. It's kind of dark in here, ain't it? There's a trap door just up there above you. If it's so dark in here, it's shut. Seems to me you know quite a bit about this cell, huh? Now listen, I have to build this church. Does that answer your insinuation? Uh, no harm, man. No. Hey, what's the matter? Bumped my head on a trap door. Need any help to get it open? Huh? Following day, a package was sent to Miss Lamont's aunt, 
were heard missing leaves. On the newspaper with which the package was wrapped was written the names of Marion Williams' music teacher, the church organist, and the assistant superintendent of the Sunday school. Detective Harvey and Andrews set out to question these men, not forgetting a fourth, the unknown sender of the package, whose writing was said to resemble that of the minister.
say, now that I think about it... About what? He came down out of the belt, huh? What? Yes, sir, and he was as pale as a ghost. He asked me to get him a drink of water, and I did. And what did he say to you? Did he tell you why he'd been up there? Yes, and it seemed rather strange, too. Said he had been fixing the gas lights, and that the escaping gas had nearly suffocated him. Well, now I think we're getting someplace. Harvey, let's go back to headquarters and see what the laboratory tests show, and then we'll send for Mr. Durant. Disappointment awaited the two detectives, for the laboratory tests proved that the various samples of hair collected did not match the hairs taken from the Lamont girl's fingers. Nor were stains on the minister's shoes, blood, but oil. Nevertheless, the case was rapidly narrowed. Suspicion was centering on Mr. Durant, who, answering their summons, knocked on Captain Clark's door at headquarters. Come in. Captain Clark? Yes. You come for me. I'm Ted Durant. Oh, yes, yes, come in. Uh, Mr. Durant, this is Detective Harvey, and this is Detective Anders assigned you to these the two murdered girls. Well, well, Captain, I'm Mr. Service, sir. We have a few questions we would like you to answer. Gladly, sir. I'll do anything I can to help clear all this up. Uh, do you own a horse, Mr. Durant? No, this is one that I ride quite frequently. And where do you keep him stable? With all the others of the Signal Corps of the National Guard. I'm a member of that troop. Are you still studying to be a doctor? Well, yes, indeed. I'm in my senior year at the Cooper Medical College here in San Francisco. Uh, how long have you been connected with the church? Ever since I was a very small boy. My entire family is very religious. Uh, do you spend a lot of time in church work? Yes, sir, I do. Particularly Sunday school work and the young people's endeavor. Uh, where were you on April the 3rd? That is in the early afternoon. I was at medical school. Did you go by the church on your way home? Well, yes, I did. Yeah, I, I'd noticed that the gas jets of the light fixtures in the belfry needed fixing, so I stopped in to see if I couldn't make the repairs. And Mr. Halsey tells us that you came down out of the bell tower about five o'clock. Well, it was about that time, yes. Yes, yes, you see, to make the repairs, I had to lie down at full length on the plank, which made my head lower than my feet. Lying in that position, naturally, the blood rushed to my head. It made me feel pretty faint and... So when I came down, I, I found Mr. Halsey there. I asked him to get me a drink of water. Then we left the church together about six. What did you do then? Well, I came back to the church later for a prayer meeting. I saw Blanche's aunt. I asked her if Blanche was coming to the meeting, and she said that she believed she was. But then, of course, Blanche didn't come. So right after prayer meeting, I went home. And uh, now, if you will, Mr. Durant, uh... I'd like to have you come over here by my desk, and certainly, Captain. What would you have, sir? Uh, just lean your head over this sheet of paper and uh, brush your hair with your hand. Strange oh, request, Captain. Why do you want me to do that? Well, frankly, Mr. Durant, we want a sample of your hair. A sample of my hair? Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't need to pull out a handful. <laughs> One or two would have done. If you really are serious about your suspicions of me, where murder is concerned, we must be suspicious of everyone. Is there anything more, sir? Yes, there is. Would you please give us your signature? Uh, here's a pen. You can use that piece of paper. Then. There you are, sir. Well, thank you for coming down here, Mr. Durant. We'll get in touch with you later. I'm glad to have been of service. Good day, gentlemen. Well, Captain, what do you think? Well, he's got a clean record. 
But just the same, we're going to check this hair. And I want you fellas to go out and ask questions. Talk to the church members. Go out to the National Guard stables and uh, get me a few hairs from the horsey ride. Maybe somewhere we'll get a definite lead and we'll either clear him entirely or cinch our case. While Detective Harvey went in search of Durant's horse, Andrews called upon church member after church member, finding in the amazing amount of conversation they were willing to divulge only one fact of importance. Durant was late to that Friday night endeavor meeting and was seen to enter the washroom before joining the others. At the stables of the National Guard, Detective Harvey quickly found the horse ridden by Ted Durant and secured a sample of hair. Reporting back to headquarters, Harvey and Andrews are again in the office of Captain Clark. Boys, Durant's hair matches the hair found on the Lamont girl's fingers. He was late for Endeavor meeting the night Marion Williams was killed. And he was in the bell tower the day Blanche Lamont was murdered. Pardon me for breaking in on you, Captain. Oh, it's all right, Simpson. What is it? The hair sample from Durant's horse matches the sample that was found in the bell tower. And none of the other samples did. Thank you, Simpson. Now, there's one more thing. Let's check and see if Durant really was at school on the afternoon of April 3rd. Attendance records at the medical school showed Theodore Durant's presence on April 3rd. But determined to make certain, Harvey and Andrews began to question some of the students of Durant's class. Uh, do you know Ted Durant? Sure, why? Was he in class on April 3rd? I don't remember. I don't sit near him. Is there any way the attendance records could show a man was present when he really was absent? Sure. All you got to do is to get something to answer for you when the roll is called. There's so many in the class, nobody pays any attention to you. present for Ted Durant on April 3rd? No, sir. Did you answer here for Ted Durant on April 3rd? Nope. Did you answer here? Not me. Did you answer? No. Did you? No, it wasn't me. Did you answer present for Ted Durant on April 3rd? Well, yes. Why? Finally. After 62 others didn't. Well, just why did you answer for him when he wasn't there? He asked me to. He said he had something he wanted to do and didn't want his man to be marked down as absent. We all do it for each other now and then. What kind of a student is he? He gets good grades, if that's what you mean. Does he go into athletics? Sure. And can he pitch a baseball? Why, he can put him over with either hand. You mean he uses his left hand as well as his right? Sure. He's going to make a good doctor. He'll be able to operate with either hand. He's really a fine example of ambidexterity. Hmm. You may not know it, young fellow, but as a start to your medical career, you just find a death warrant. Arriving at the Durant residence, detectives Harvey and Andrews discovered that Ted Durant had gone to Mount Diablo with the signal corps. Checking at the National Guard headquarters, they find that the troops is at that moment in communication with headquarters by means of reflected sun rays, the heliograph. Explaining their mission to the officer in charge, a strange message begins to fight for Don Diablo. Hey, Captain Bruce, there comes a message from headquarters for you. Yes, yeah, so it is. Let's both put our glasses on. Captain Bruce, urgent, private, Theodore, 
No, it isn't true. Arrest and hold for local authority. No, 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 no. They must be playing a joke on me, Captain. It's not true. It isn't true. It's no joke, Durant. Those code signals at the end sent official orders. Oh, I'm innocent, Captain. That's not for me to decide. Private Durant, I place you under arrest. Ted Durant was turned over to the local authorities. But there was a weakness in the state's case against him. His denial of guilt was steadfast. No bloody clothing had been found. And there were no eyewitnesses. A confession was needed. Realizing that Theodore Durant possessed a triple personality, his girl association with the National Guard, his curious interest in the workings of the human body as evidenced by his choice of profession, and his moral attitude toward life gained through his religious training, Captain Clark placed him in solitary confinement, hoping the conflict of these personalities might cause him to break down. It's so dark. It's so still in here. Buck up, soldier. You're not afraid. Never have regrets. You're a man. You have a perfect right to do anything you want. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am a man. Just just like anyone else. You are a man. And what is the mystery about it all? You know all about people. How they are. What they do. That's true. I do know. I'm only human. Don't you remember the commandment? Thou shalt not kill. Yes, I do. Forgive me. Forgive me. Well, what's so wrong about killing? So you should protect yourself at all times. Yes. Oh, and if she told, my reputation would have been ruined. Blanche, no, no, Blanche, no. Confess, 
Tell them that you betrayed me. No, go away. Tell them you killed me. Tell them. Tell Please them. Please go away, man. Go away.
is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>